Hello and a warm welcome back to Changing Room 4, the Championship Rugby Podcast with Sid, Fitz and Jamie. It is round 10, the penultimate week of the regular season. The playoff finalists have been decided and we've got a lot to discuss this week. But before we do, let's have a quick catch up with the guys. Sid, how's your week been? Uh, my week's been my week's been good. My week's been uh, dominated again, mainly by a shift in the rules of what's allowed in pubs, which means that everyone automatically just wants to do the thing that you're previously <laughs> not been allowed to do. Um, so I yeah was out Monday night. Uh, I by out I mean in in a pub, which was nice. In a pub to which I contributed to a crowdfunder uh, when. Uh, the first lockdown hit and they were going to have to sack all their stuff and because of that I've now got my name on the little uh, ball thing brick. yeah or no oh yeah oh, it was on a wood plaque type wall thing anyway and a black card which gets me 10% off pints forever Ooh, forever oh, yeah. that's, a, that's a tasty deal yeah mate I'm definitely getting my money back on it <laughs> so yeah <laughs> that please. is rewarding support yeah that is definitely rewarding support I also went to the pub. I had uh, I played cricket yesterday. I won't go too much more into that, Sid. I know you don't like it. <laughs> wait, um, wait, 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 wait. Actually, I'm going to intervene. Let's go. Uh, let's go into that because uh, I did see some uh, WhatsApp messages that I kind of skimmed over. There are a few a few emojis of a. Well, what was that? Was that a hawk or you... a raven or something like that? Or was that other something else? I think I think you might be referring to the the duck emoji. The that, duck, that, that came was up. it. Yeah, it was yeah, a duck. Yeah. yeah, the duck what emoji, was that about? and uh, that that meant that I scored zero runs, and <laughs> I wasn't alone because Charles scored zero as well. Oh so. look, I wasn't giving you any crap then. I wasn't giving you any stick whatsoever. <laughs> Just sat here minding my own business. And, uh, I'm not going to, down alone. You have to go I'm and bring it up, alone. don't you? You just have to little little nibble there, <laughs> stick your old beak in, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, see what you did. Yeah. Duck joke for you, foul play at the <laughs> st- very finest. Stick your beak in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, noted. I've noted it, Jamie. It's the last time I uh, try and be nice to you. Um. Oh, God. We've fallen out early doors. Uh, yeah, no, after cricket, I did stay and found myself with a free Sunday evening, so I stayed and had several pints in the pub, and I had to run back and get my car at lunch today, which was a less than pleasant <laughs> experience, but but there we go. Good, I hope you got wet when it rained. <laughs> no, I timed it very well. He's got waterproof feathers. <laughs> yeah. It's like water for ducks back, really, isn't it? <laughs> Charles, how was your week? Um, to continue the duck theme, quacking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> right. Uh, do you know what? Do you know what? I'm not going any further. I'm going to stop him there. Good idea. I'm going to stop him there. <laughs> Damn on. So the scores from this week, a good bunch of games. First game was Hartbury University against Jersey Reds. That was a home game for Hartbury, which did not go to plan. A big score for Jersey, 50 points to 19. Big, big win after their disappointment at home last week. Ealing versus Doncaster at the top of the table. Ealing eventually running out winners 38-15, but a good showing from Doncaster in defeat there, so uh, they'll be slightly disappointed. Uh, Coventry hosted Saracens, who did a real number on them, 73 points to nil. That is not pleasant to be on the end of, that's for sure. Then on Sunday, Amptil had Richmond come to visit and they eventually ran out 31-22 winners. Richmond keeping it tight all game, but uh, but yeah, eventually succumbing to Amptil by, by not too much. So a good game there, I think, by the looks of it. And then Nottingham had Bedford and that was a tight game. That was a really tight game. 22 points to 20 to Nottingham to make it two wins on the trot this season. That was interesting. We'll go more into that later. So looking at the table then, we have our two playoff finalists, Ealing Trailfinders and Saracens. That is all wrapped up now. Ealing have got 45 points for the season. Saracens have one game left. They're currently on 40. And then just missing out in third are Doncaster Knights. Valiant performance from them throughout the season. Four five six is Cornish Pirates, Coventry and Amptill, seven eight nine, Jersey, Bedford and Hartbury, and then Nottingham extending their lead over Richmond at the bottom, 
in 10th, so they're guaranteed at least 10th, and Richmond will unfortunately, for them, be stone dead last this season, but it has been a pretty good first season back in the championship for Richmond. Let's go to probably one of our biggest scorelines of the week then. Hartbury versus Jersey. 50 points to Jersey after their disappointment back home last week against Coventry. They've really come back roaring. 50 points to 19. That's an extremely disappointing result for Hartbury. And actually, I don't know if you guys saw this, but their director of rugby... This, this is a really interesting point, actually. Hartbury's director of rugby, John Barnes was scathing in some of his post-match comments. Absolutely scathing. He said, that's close to our worst performance since we came into the championship four years ago. A few of our players need to look at themselves and decide if they really want to play at this level. How about that? How about that? That is, yeah, that is, it is tough. But, you know, you're looking at Hartbury, you know, today and for the you know past few games as well. Whereas... At the beginning of the season, we had a fair bit to talk about. What what have what have we been talking about when it comes to Hartbury for the past few weeks? And today kind of summed it up. It just looked like one of those games where you know the opposition or or your own team <laughs> turn up with uh, you know three players missing. You've only got twelve in total, and you still try and play against a team of fifteen. <laughs> you know, but where are those where are those players? They're just nowhere near the ball. It just seemed like Jersey were were piercing through that line. Every single time, it was like the defense was like a sieve, um, and yeah, that is really what let them down. Um, you know, they really struggled in defense there. It's not the first time that we've heard comments like this come from the Hartbury coaching staff, is it? A couple of a couple of games ago, I was going to say a couple of weeks, but a couple of games ago, we also had their head coach Mark Cornwell saying that the attitude was still not right after the Coventry game, which we spoke about on the podcast at the time. And it's it's seemingly nothing's changed. It's it doesn't sound like it's a very pleasant place to be in the Hartbury changing room at the moment, does it? I, I don't think it is. Uh, I think if you if you look at the results over the last few weeks, I just think that they've been totally disappointing. I don't think they're anywhere near the level that they'd like to be. You know, they've picked up two wins now in the nine games, both against the bottom two. But we've spoken about it previously with that mid-table section being, you know, sort of anyone could beat anyone. But Hartbury just don't look like doing that. Uh, You know, uh, I want to try and find a positive and I I just don't know if I can. Another game now where they've scored three tries, missed out on the attacking bonus point, which... That they've done in a, in a few games. We did commend them for their attack in their attack in defeat last game, didn't we? Because they got a bonus point. They did get a we did. bonus point, and that seems to have been that seems to have been the the positives in their performances this season is the attacking game. But defensively, they just seem to be all over the shop, and with coaches questioning their commitment as well, it's it's really really not it, a good it, place. No, it's not at all. It is bad. And, you know, I was trying to find a positive in the fact that their attacking play was okay. But I think it summed up that their Twitter at halftime said, well, this is abysmal. The Twitter feed from Harpery, who were covering the game, were like, hard to find any positives. This has been abysmal. Um, So I think that really sums up their performance. Wow. That's, That's... For the social media to be doing that as well. I mean, okay, I appreciate the honesty. And... It's a question I've been thinking it. about. It, well, yeah, <laughs> to an extent, yeah, but it's it's something I was, I've been thinking about since I I saw these these coach comments. Is this a helpful stance for the coaches to be taking? Do you think that by being really brutally honest, that's going to make them buck their ideas up, or do you think that it's going to have the opposite effect? And this seemingly culture at the club, if the social media guys are getting in on it as well is this negative culture just gonna drain any potential energy from the team to try and get back is it is it a is it a toxic culture or the start of a toxic culture you wonder how the players might react obviously in the short term it doesn't seem to have worked out (laughs) but there's a there's a good little anecdote with um phil jackson the uh basketball coach that um 
loads of people will know because he featured on uh, the last dance on Netflix over the past year and stuff like that. Uh, but it was particularly effective this technique of his later on when he was a coach at the uh, LA Lakers. Um, that was with the advent of um, social media, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and you know, tabloid magazines still you know at a high as they were in the nineties. But um, Phil Jackson would use that as a tool as a motivational tool and he was very aware of it and when he was a coach um it was said that it was quite effective because he used to rile up these players who were you know often big personalities but then because he was the coach they'd see him the next day they'd be face to face with him and then if if they want to challenge the coach then that player's got a chance to to show his metal a little bit and say you know how dare you question my commitment and then the coach can basically go back and as Phil Jackson would uh, he would go back and say, well, show me how, how committed you are. And then from that, the players would take it to another level. And for Phil Jackson, it tended to work for the most part. Well, I don't, I don't uh, imagine that this is a purposeful tactic from Hartbury University rugby football clubs <laughs> coaching staff, but there's, there's two ways that a player can react to it. And there's a lot of players there. So how are they going to react to it? You know, they might, they might see that and they might take it as the, you know, kick up the bum that they need. Um, or, you know, if they're going to put their towel between their legs and, and start moving backwards, then you know what, perhaps Harper needs to look at them then. And then if they're genuinely questioning, do they want to play at that level? Do they want to keep them at the club? Well, I imagine we're going to see quite a, a raft of changes by Hartbury at the end of this season because it's it sounds like it really isn't working and a big change up is needed. Um, we there could be a lot of players out the door and a, and a heavy recruiting summer. Well, it's already started. It's already started. They've signed uh, JB Brasilia from Cornish Pirates scrum off for next season. So yeah, potentially looking at potentially looking at bringing in some new leadership. Um, I think half of the half of the battle is the coaches. It sounds very much stick approach at the moment when people talk about carrot and stick. You know, the carrot's there, that's that temptation and sort of more of a softer approach and the stick there is pretty brutal and there seems to be a lot of stick at Hartbury and I don't know how the players are reacting. But also on the on the flip side, the players have got to perform. Like the coaches are doing something in training and putting something in place. You know, the players are the ones that actually go and do the game. So if you're not getting yourself up for the game, you know, that, that is where the question comes from, you know, do you want to be at that level? And I, I would suggest that they, they want to be there because that's why they're playing. But it will be interesting to see, as you say, what, what happens over the summer, whether, you know, coaches move on or it is a sort of big overhaul and recruitment drive in the summer. So we'll see, you know, Hartbury are a great producer of talent. I mean, you look at the number of players that have been through their ranks that have played for international sides and you know there was a big thing in the Six Nations obviously Johnny Hill made his England debut he's a he's an old boy you've got um what's the uh, Italian scrum half Varney Stephen Varney he, he's Hartbury so we'll see be interesting Jersey though up and at them they're they're bounced straight back put in an absolutely insane performance but yeah, what what a reaction from the Jersey players from from their it was it was a bit of a thrashing last week, wasn't it? At, at the Stade Santander International against Coventry, they had a, took a bit of a thrashing at home, and they've responded really really well. And it, I think Harvey Biljohn and his coaching staff will be absolutely delighted with their performance. They've come away with a heavy heavy win. Yeah, I heard a couple of interviews from the coaching staff saying about how they really were motivated to take that extra step of not just applying the pressure but making sure they follow through and turn that pressure into points that that loss did motivate them and they they also had the uh the desire to put on a big show for max argyle who is at 100 caps so good for him um and it just seems like they really pulled it off and you know tom williams getting the hat trick that would have filled them you know that was early on as well so that would have filled them with energy as well um, so yeah, they just took it and really ran with it, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. I just think it was a, it was almost the complete performance as you could possibly want off the back of the uh, sort of chastening defeat against Coventry. So yeah, really pleased for them. And I'm going to say it: next year, dark horses, Jersey could be up there. Another hot yeah, take. If if they play like that and and are able to put those performances in more regularly, why not? 
Yeah, I'm not dare to dream. They they could well be building something, and they, cer- certainly they become a third team. Cer- <laughs> certainly, their their backs have really started to to look slick recently mm. as this season's progressed. Their backs and and their interplay in the backs has really really got a lot sharper, a lot more accurate, and and just generally doing real really good things for them. And I think a lot of that comes from fly half Brendan Cope. A lot of the good stuff at the moment is, is you know, we've spoken about Sam Olver at Doncaster, but Brendan Cope, now top of the point scoring charts. Uh, it's another intercept try this weekend for him. Just seems to be playing some unbelievable rugby at the moment. So um, a lot of the good stuff seems to be flowing through, uh, throwing through Max Green at nine, quick ball out to, to Brendan Cope, and uh, they're absolutely enjoying themselves. So on to the game we all wanted to see this week, Ealing versus Doncaster. Wanted to see if uh, if Doncaster could do do a bit of a number on the league leaders, but unfortunately it wasn't to be. 38-15 to Ealing. However, it was a dominant start from Doncaster. They took the lead early, had a, a pushover try from a line-out mall through Matt Challoner, Um and they were 10 up after eight minutes. I mean, who saw that coming? Um, and it wasn't until... 15 minutes that Ealing had their first attack, their first proper attack. So Doncaster had really kept them under control, kept them under wraps until that point. And it was it was Guy Thompson. Have you seen this? Guy Thompson's breakthrough oh, try? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 45 metres. Just something crashes like that. through the line. It'll be, it'll be 60 by the end of next week. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Just absolutely crashes through the line. Perfectly, perfectly timed run. Little pop pass and coming at some serious speed already, the defenders didn't really have a chance. It just ran straight in between the two of them. And they were they were fairly tight, but just yeah. just powered through them and then uh, and then went the rest of the distance. A little cheeky dummy out the back of the hand offload. <laughs> that was and that was fun. Completely unnecessary. So unnecessary, <laughs> but a little dummy a dummy out the back. To send and actually did send them the wrong way and then cut back inside and scored by the post. So uh, so yeah, that mm. was that was entertaining. And then the other a couple of their other tries were fourteen man mauls. You see that? Mm, yeah, yeah. Well, th- this is it. I think Elin are are basically saying, especially with Doncaster. You know, me in particular, I've spoken about their style of play for ages. But Elin are saying that we can play fast too. You know, that guy Thompson try really sums it up. Um, but yeah, also they've got the malls in the locker. Um, and not to take anything away from Guy Thompson or any other try scorers, but props must go to uh, Max Badilly, who uh, seems to be making those up from 13. He just has the ball in hand and just has ways of taking out a defender or two defenders and then putting people into space uh, at, at the outside centre. Um, so he's doing a fantastic job. I've made a note on him because I saw the, the highlights and he just seemed, specifically for the tries, but I imagine for the rest of the game as well, he just seems to be everywhere. And he's always mm. alert and he's always looking for that next chink in the armour. His, his energy and his intensity around the field just just seem to be absolutely tipped up. He's yeah. just a real, yeah. real Great. asset to that Ealing team. Mm. I just think it shows a little bit of premiership class, doesn't it? You know, mm. Exeter boy. It's yeah. uh, yeah. easy for me to say, but... He, for the last few weeks, has been in some real form. And I believe that's now, what's that, six appearances, five five tries in six games? I'm just having a look myself. Not bad, not bad. Where is he on, on the old list? The list which is hopefully up to date this week. It, it definitely is, yeah. So seven games <laughs> and he scored six tries in, in that time. So, you know, he's really come in and... and just been an absolute revelation in yeah. that midfield for, for Ealing. And, you know, I do, I do want to say... Doncaster absolutely played their part in what was a, a really entertaining game of rugby. You know, yeah, as you they, say, did. They, they did. Lightning out the blocks. I believe it was Guido Volpi who uh, did score the try rather than Matt Challoner. And he, he's oh yeah, he's just sorry. Penned a, he's 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 just penned a, a deal, a permanent deal with Doncaster from the Ospreys. So they're obviously doing something right if they can attract the kind of quality like like that in in a, in a player. So you know they've also had Carl uh, Evans resign this week. So you know. Pace man out on the wing, um, and someone that we've mentioned before, but Will Holling picked up his try uh, towards the end of the game. Another rolling mall that, that went well, but he was everywhere. He 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 just played out of his skin from 
hooker, um, I thought. Um, and just it just it was it was a brilliant game to watch. It just made a great contest. Two teams going at it. Um, I don't think we'll mention too much. Sam Olver's attempted crossfield kick from his own five oh, meter line. Well, you kind of have well, to you kind of have to mention it, you know, but may, you maybe know not what? dwell on I, it. I, I, yeah. I think I must say that that typifies what we what we've always said that we want from Doncaster. Though we still want that to happen. All those games where they've won it by forty points or whatever else, you know, when they when they took on Saracens and and when. They're taking on Elin, you know. It's the same story. We want them to stick to their stick to their own style that's been working for them. And you know what? That's it. They've they've gone for it, even though it was what twenty six fifth. They were down twenty six fifteen or whatever it was. I think sixty five ish minutes. Um, and yeah, he's gone for the high risk, high reward. If that had came off, you know, who knows what could have happened. But but it definitely <laughs> you know, didn't. They it don't was go your horrible. Way. <laughs> it was horrible. Yeah, he kicked it from his his own dead ball area, and it was caught. Straight down the throat of Angus Kernahan on pretty much Doncaster's twenty-two, and then mm, he just yeah. he just ran, held the man, little pop pass, skipper David Johnston goes over, and it was it, he, he was made to look a bit silly. But as Sid says, you got you've got to appreciate the ambition, and uh, yeah, big fan of it. And if thing is, if you can't try it against Ealing, when will you ever try it? So f- fair play to the, for them having a go. A big, big scoreline from our next game then. Coventry at home to Saracens. Nil point. As uh, as good as the UK's entry in Eurovision this weekend. Um... <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, do you know what? I preferred Coventry's performance. <laughs> okay. well, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I could go into a bit of a spiel about Eurovision, but this is not the time or the place. <laughs> But Saracens, 73 points, really put them to the sword, didn't they? Really put them to the sword. Yeah, they did. You know, 73-0, massive scoreline. Saracens completely did the job on Coventry that they need to do to secure that second spot. Uh, Obviously, we've now got a confirmed final of Ealing versus Saracens for the right to play in the Prem next year. But I do not believe the scoreline really reflected... The game, I think Coventry did play very well and actually were deserving of uh, more points. It's just the fact that I, I think Saracen's quality just shone through. It's you know the, the team was littered with Premiership winners, European Cup winners, and that skill level just couldn't be um, dealt with by Coventry. I think you know one of the tries, you know, Elliot Daly was juggling it for a little bit, and he that's was, yeah. what helped him br- break the line. And it is that confusion, but. His ability to regather the ball gets him in space, puts him away. And, you know, if that was Coventry, they'd have juggled it and dropped it. So, um, you know, I, I think Coventry did play well and, and zero points is uh, it doesn't reflect at all the uh, way of the game. Are you sure? Are you sure? Because I, look, I looked at that and I saw a lot of Coventry doing this rush defence um, Everybody seems to be streaming out the line a bit, and they're leaving gaps, and they were generally defending way too close, way too bunched up. Um, certainly for Daly's first try, I think it was, they were so tight together, and they all ran in kind of almost a bit like an under-14 team just chasing the ball rather than maintaining that line. And it just didn't seem like a very well-structured defence to me. And... The scoreline suggests that I'm right. Yeah, the the thing with that kind of like I made that note that with the defence is what is what really let them down there. Um, you know, Fiddler's right in that the the standard of Saracens, you know, it can't help but shine through. You know, when uh, they run that kind of blitz defence and they just go up on the 13 and just try and crowd that ball, that will work against teams where you know they're going to just hit up and they're not going to have the the skills or, or the desire, even if they do have the skills, to just, you know, be putting it through the hands. But when you've got a back line like that, um, it was completely evident, you know, they did... Uh, make those you know great big long rangey passes, but also those tight tiny little pops. You know that one uh, that one score between um, Farrell and Daly, I think, where they you know went back backwards and forwards a couple of times within a couple of seconds. You know they're just one step ahead of the game, and 
the Coventry, whether it was refusal in terms of a strategic perspective or inability to to adapt uh, that that defensive setup and and ditch that blitz defense and and do something a bit more um active active um yeah is what is what caused seventy three points to go past um in terms of their attack this is the thing you know they're capable you you saw you saw some you know moments of of one though where they were you know had ball in hand and they made some really good yards and you know in terms of physicality I think a lot of these uh championship teams are capable of, of really challenging um premiership standard teams. Um so when when we see them try to outsmart and outplay these teams, you know, that's probably when they find themselves uh you know, at odds and ends and not really knowing what to do. And then ending up after 80 minutes with a 73-0 scoreline. Where are we off to next on our magical mystery tour? Well, we are off to the Sunday matches. So we've finished with Saturday. We'll stop off at Dillingham Park, shall we? It was Amptill versus Richmond. Quite a good game there. Quite a good game. Um, 31 points to 22 Amtel won in the end. Five tries for Amtel. Five tries. I mean, it's this, the scoreline sounds quite close. But then you look at the way the points were scored, and it was five tries for Amtel, one try for Richmond. And all the, all the rest of it was, was points coming from 15 points from the boot of Rob Kirby. So, no, sorry, 17 points coming from the boot of Rob Kirby. So, yeah, quite differing scoring styles there. But I thought it was it was good good work from Richmond to stay in touch all game. They never they never let Amtil run away too far. Actually, I think they were helped quite a lot by a bit of poor discipline from from Amtil. Certainly, uh, Mark Lavery, the Amtil director of rugby, he mentioned it in his post match interview that they they were quite heavy on the errors and on the penalties being conceded. And certainly kickable penalties, so not ideal, and that allowed Richmond to stay in touch. But then they put in five tries, and that just kind of nullified it, really. Yeah, I think Richmond will be disappointed not to to come out with a losing bonus point, and it shows the importance of being able to build a score and and keep that scoreboard ticking over. I know it's a bit of a cliche, but the fact that Richmond were within a score, a couple of scores for the majority of the game, let's be honest just shows that they were in, in the dogfight um, and that they just kept going and they kept plugging away and in very difficult conditions for kicking. You know, Rob Kirby was almost flawless, um, which, you know, you, you say hats off to him, but I, I think Richmond would be disappointed that they've not come away with at least a losing bonus point, having come so close to that and sort of managing the game as best as possible. Um, in terms of Amtil, again, when it came to it, just the fact of doing the basics really well. You know, Dave Ward off the back of a rolling mall scored a try in his last home game for the club before he moves off to be the Bristol Bears women's coach. You know, Sid Blackmore as well, you know, popped up with the, effectively the match-winning score. Again, off the back of a rolling mall. And he, he's now Amptill's top scorer this season with four tries. And is he really? He's got wow. two in two. Yeah, he is, yeah. Two, two in two now for for him, so... You know, when it came to it, I think, you know, and I think Amtil just had that little bit more quality in the end. And, and certainly so uh, in the in the signing of David Halai-Fanua. Um, yeah, he's... His two tries. He's had a big impact, hasn't he? Bruiser. Big impact. Absolute bruiser. Obviously, in a very established player, got a lot of reputation behind him, both in the Premiership and in the Championship. But, yeah, that that's quite a, an astute signing. And actually, you mentioned there about Sid Blackmore being the top scorer. Just looking at your table, interestingly, Amptill's three top try scorers are all front rowers. Mm. Sid Blackmore, Dave Ward and... Um, James Flynn. That's it, yeah. So you've got two hookers. Okay, that's probably more expected um, coming off the back of Malls. And then James Flynn crashing over a few times as well. But it does make you wonder what's, uh, what's going on in the backs. Uh, you would expect backs to be leading the try scoring for for teams. So 
Yeah, I think you would. I think, you know, when it comes to sort of team selections, I think they haven't been as settled with that back line, if I'm being honest, across the season. You know, there's been lots of sort of chopping and changing. There's there's no one really other than, you know, maybe Tom Hudson until he got injured and um, Will Fo- uh, Foster, Will Brown, sorry, their winger who missed this week's game that have played more than six games. You know, everyone else. So you look at, so you've got Cameron Anderson's come in for three three appearances. Uh, Tom Stileman's got two. Spencer Sutherland on one wing's got three. You know, there seems to have been a lot of chopping and changing. And I think... If you, from my days playing in the back line, which is uh, a long time ago now, um, you, you need to build partnerships. You need to know what your outside half's going to do. You need to feel what your inside centre's going to do or what your winger's preferences are. And I just think they're missing that chemistry a little bit just because it's been very difficult to get that game time with each other and understand how each other works because there's been a lot of change. There's been a there's a lot of loan signings in the Amtil backs, aren't there? So certainly we saw against Saracens that they weren't able to play against um, Saracens, so that, that didn't help. But I I don't know to what extent would a lot of loanees in your back line cause a bit of a cause that kind of disruption, or is it is it loanees that's been the problem, or is it is it Injuries, or or just a a little bit of a combination of both, or do we think that the coaches just should be selecting a bit more consistently with a, a longer term view rather than just going off the back of the last performance? Well, this is, I think if you if you are going to have a lot of uh, loan players in your in your setup, and and let's you know look at the uh, emphasis on on the backs as well. Um, Amptil might be adopting, you know, maybe we'd have to look back through games for this, but Amptil might be adopting the kind of viewpoint that uh, rather than having the forwards, you know, the traditional view that the forwards lay the dance floor and the backs do the dancing, you know, perhaps they're looking at um, the backs as a bit more of a functional piece and they're, they're there to execute the set pieces, you know, exceptionally well, get them to, you know, get them driven up the field. We saw the incredible... Uh, kicking performance um, from Grimbleby um, last week, um, how that moved the the uh, Amtel squad up the pitch. Um, you know, he, his kicking touch was was impeccable, and then from that, they're uh, they're they're setting the forward set pieces, and then when you've got some loanies in the pack, gen- I mean, hey, maybe some maybe some forwards are going to shoot me down for this. But um, generally speaking, your um, you know lineouts to malls um, and how you execute in a mall uh, is probably a bit more transferable club to club. Um, you've not got to read the playbook as much to get your head down there and, and start shoving. Yeah, you're, so, probably, you're um, probably right. You're probably right. I mean, I'm I'm just trying to link together those those dots in terms of you know having a lot of 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 low knees in the backs. But also having the front row players as the top try scorers, it seems like that might be a bit of a game plan that they're going for. And believe me, clubs really do benefit from those um, those lone players. They, you know, they offer a lot, not just for the for the eighty minutes that they might be playing there, but also in terms of how they help the other players around them develop. So clubs do want to use them, but obviously the the fleeting nature of it is 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 not ideal. But yeah, maybe that's something that Amptil are looking at and they're, they're adjusting their game plan accordingly. The last game of the round then was Nottingham versus Bedford at the Lady Bay. Seems to have been quite a scrappy first half. Bit of a drudge fest. Weather playing a, quite a big part there. I think they had nine minutes of consecutive scrums as well. Yeah. To add to the, oh, the drudge Yeah, that's not great if you're a spectator, really, is it? Just been allowed nine back in. Nine minutes of scrum resets. Just been allowed back into the stadium and you've got nine minutes of scrums to sit through. Yeah, great, cheers. But eventually, Nottingham did did win and it was a very, very tight finish. It was 22 points to 20 in the end. It seems like there was a much better second half in terms of the spectacle. Uh, both teams playing a bit better and... Uh, and then a last-minute penalty through the boot of Alex Dolly was was the winner. 
that was the clincher and it was a tough kick as well i think it was was it into the wind into the wind and from quite a wide angle and he put it mm, through yeah. put it through after i think the clock was on 87 minutes or something mm, yeah <laughs> crazy absolutely crazy certainly a game i think bedford snatched defeat from the jaws of victory so it seems i just think well i mean they very very much looked like they'd sealed the win with um replacement hooker jack hughes being bundled over to take the score to 2019 and unfortunately will Maisie missed the conversion which ultimately ended up being the all-important miss of the day um and then just i think as they have all season their discipline has cost them once again and they've given away a penalty deep into the red, as you say, Jamie and Alex Dolly, with a tough kick, kicking into the wind at an angle, as you say, cool as a cucumber, no issues, slotted it, Nottingham go mental. I believe I predicted a Nottingham win, so... Well, well, we'll no, come on to good. that. So we'll all be dancing on the sundial. <laughs> come on, the sundial. Um, but what a win and what a you know manner to win as well when you've got fans again as well so many times we've missed out on that and even if it is a reduced crowd um yeah to just snatch a win right at the end there and then i mean the when you look at the nottingham twitter it just says full time nottingham 22 bedford 20 lady bay erupts you know i thought that was (laughs) that was quite simple and poetic but it's you know it's it's so it's so nice to for people to be able to see that live um so yeah, incredible. When it actually comes down to the you know the game itself and and uh, yeah, in particular those last um, those last few moments. Um, again, it just shows the importance of um, strong kicking, not just you know from the tee that ultimately won it, but also the kicking to put keep pulling them up the field. Um, it seems to be the golden week for for tens. Yeah, just a real important part of the game, and and on on days. Uh, well, on weekends like this weekend uh, where the weather's been a bit unpredictable, that level of control and under that amount of pressure, um, good on them to finally get it done. It's a nice way to draw the season to a close after the, the first the first seven games that they had, all the heartbreak that was associated with those. A good finish for Nottingham and we'll see how they yeah. get on next week. I think they might struggle against Doncaster, but still, they'll be they'll be pleased with the the way they finished. Yeah. You look at the table, where they are, you know, we're, we've got Nottingham at two wins, seven losses, obviously played nine. But then, it's kind of shifted. We can't think of them as the bottom dwellers now. You know, it was always just Nottingham and Richmond. But now, you know, one, two, that's Nottingham, Hartbury and Bedford Blues have all got that same record, played uh, nine, one, two. So, you know, if a couple of things went another way, they could be contending for that, you know, number eight spot. That would, you know, be they'd be climbing into that mid-table bow. Well, it, if if Bedford and Hartbury both lose with no bonus points, then and Nottingham managed to get a try bonus point and a losing bonus point as a minimum, and, and, oh, and, yeah, and it, a win it, it, even more, yeah. then that pushes them up to <laughs> that pushes them up to eighth place. So it's still there is still potential for them to get to eighth. Yeah, that's it, and it, and just think that's that's all in one week, and it's those variables, and and but you know how easy would it been over the past, you know, the, all of this season for just a couple of things to go differently, um, yeah, and they'd have had a few more points on the ball, but yeah, it it just goes to show that even in the truncated season with uh, everyone just playing ten games, there's still plenty of drama that can happen down the stretch. So, Sid, where does that leave us on your wheel of misfortune? <laughs> So well, I'll, I'll tell you. I've come to I've come to a bit of a, a conclusion with the wheel of misfortune. Um, I'm afraid I'm not intelligent enough to <laughs> figure it out. Um, either that, or I'm just not patient enough. There there needs to be some sort of uh, methodology to it. But basically, Nottingham have beat Richmond, who have beaten Jersey, who have beaten Coventry, who have beaten Amptill. Then there's a bit of a gap, and I know that. Pirates have beaten Saracens, who have beaten Ealing, who have now beaten Doncaster. I need to fit Bedford and Hartbury in there somewhere. But obviously the the people that I'm saying that one team have beaten, they've also beaten other people. So I think it's just a case of trial and error 
for me to find that. But I think we, we might be able to complete it now. Um, so look out on the social media this week at changing room underscore four. Um, and when, <laughs> when I get round to, uh, completing this, because I'm, I'm, I'm sure we're there, uh, we'll get it posted up. I, I think we're at the stage where everyone's beat everyone. You know, anyone can beat anyone. I'm interested to see if anybody else apart from you can decipher what's going on on that piece of paper. <laughs> I think, I think it's quite easy. So you've, you've got to have Cornish Pirates to start because they beat Saracens. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, Fiddler's going to start. We're now going to cut the next 40 minutes and then we're going to resume here. Oh, so what do I need? I need Coventry to beat them. No, not, Nottingham and Coventry don't play next week. No, they don't. They're not playing no, each other, no. Uh, Covent, Coventry have beaten Nottingham. Fuck. 36-24. Round one. Balls. Right, let's move on, because we'll, we'll be until the middle <laughs> of next week. Ah, okay, so a few minutes down the line to review. Fiddler, tell me what happened there. <laughs> <laughs> Almost you got, got it. Yeah, we got 10 11ths of the way there, and then realised that you can go about a million different ways, and then you can't figure it out. So if any listeners uh, want to try and figure that one out, answers on a postcard, or yeah. Hit us up on social. What, what we'll do is we'll get Sid to take a picture of what he's got um, and see if uh, <laughs> see if anybody can make any sense of it. We'll get it on social media. If you listeners have got a better version or can actually do the maths, because we seemingly can't, then uh, we, we'd love to see a return picture underneath and uh, show us how it's done. So that would be great. We're heading into round 11 next week then, where it's the last round. It's prediction time. We'll cover what happened last week. I think we've already, you guys have already worked out pretty much how you did, but just to cover it off, Sid, you came last, mate. Sorry. Three out of five. Three? Yeah, you only got three. You you had Hartbury, Doncaster, Saracens, Ampton and Bedford. So Hartbury and Bedford didn't do that for you. Um, and oh, then Hartbury. Yeah, and then Charles and I both got four, so joint winners again. Fair. So, yeah, I had Jersey. I had Jersey, and Charles had Nottingham, and it was Hartbury that let you down, and Bedford that let me down. So there nice. we go. Still, nobody's got another five from five like I did all those weeks ago. But oh, yeah, Billy Big Bananas. Absolutely. So looking Wait, for... I'm sure I got a five from five at some point. Maybe. We'll see. Anyway. Billy Big Bananas Mark two. Yeah. Mm. Look into the next week then, the final round of fixtures in the regular season. First up, we have the Battle of Bedfordshire. Oh, yes. Bedford <laughs> against Amptill. Bedford against Amptill at Goldington Road. What are we thinking, Charles? I like the way Bedford play. Good attacking side. However, the mob seem to be putting in a few performances, don't they? So, I think the mob will do it. Okay. Okay. Sid? Uh, yeah, I agree that uh, we, we we all seem to like Bedford's style of play, etc, etc. But, hey, I went for that last week. And look what happened there. And seven losses. Uh, seven, yeah, seven losses and only two wins for Bedford in the last nine games. And Amptill seem to be on... Uh, on the rise, so I'm going Amtil as well. Okay. I think there's going to be a battle of two styles. There's going to be forwards play dominated with Amtil and backs play for Bedford. And if the weather is starting to look a bit better next weekend, which I think it might be, and in front of a home crowd, I think Bedford might just edge that. So I'm going to go for Bedford. Next one is Richmond... At the the Field of Dreams, Richmond Athletic Ground, <laughs> against Coventry. The Atletico. Sid, we'll come to you first. Richmond or Coventry? I'd like... Does, does this need a lot of deliberation? Yeah, I don't know, I don't know. Because Richmond, I think, are capable of doing special things, aren't they? They're, you know, they did still put 22 on Amptill this week. And Coventry are going to be... You know, kind of down in the dumps after their seventy-three nil whipping, and they're at the Atletico. Uh, but I don't think that 
Richmond are going to be able to do enough. Um, yeah, I think Coventry are going to take it. Okay, Charles? Yeah, I, yeah, Coventry for the win. Cov as well. Clean sweep of Cov. Saracens versus Hartbury. I'm going to take the lead here and say Hartbury. Wow. No, man, I'm taking Saracens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm absolutely taking Saracens. I will follow your lead. Yeah, I'm with you. And say Saracens. Yeah, expected that. Uh, Jersey against Cornish Pirates down in Jersey. Is this the one that Warren Muggleton termed the uh, South Coast Derby? Oh yeah, the South Coast Derby. <laughs> Jersey have become my new my new team. I like <laughs> your both. new second favourite team. I do like <laughs> this both. This is your second favourite against your third favourite team. Yeah, I do like both teams. Um, and I'm going to I'm gonna say Jersey. Okay. Uh, both put 50 points on Hartbury in successive weeks. Sid? Uh, you know what? I'm going to say that Pirates will take it. Away, even if they are away. So I'm going to go against Fids for this one, so we've got some some mixture in there. But yeah, I think Pirates will have it. Okay, I think I'm going to go with Jersey as well. That it's it's a tough call. Okay. Between both of these teams, but Jersey are on a bit of a that they'll be on the back of the the positive win that they had over Hartbury this week. They seem to be clicking really well, as we've said. Cornish Pirates have just had... Okay, they've just had a week off, but that could work against them in terms of continuity. And it's in front of a lot of rowdy Jersey fans down in Jersey. So I'm going to go home win and say Jersey. Finally then, Doncaster versus Nottingham at Castle Park. What do we think, Sid? I think Donny are going to tear up last game of the season Nottingham yeah doing better of late but I think Doncaster have just done too much too much too well too long so yeah go on Doncaster Fitz um, I'm going to have to agree with Sid there I think I think Doncaster would like to finish best of the rest outside the top two wouldn't they they're in that position they're in third at the moment we want to end on a high put themselves in a good position to challenge for promotion next season so I, I think I think I agree Nottingham are on the up but I think Doncaster will have too much I'm going to make it a clean sweep for the Knights Knights at home the way they've been playing this season I don't see anyone underneath them coming up there and toppling them so yeah Knights is for me as well last split right into the last part of the podcast then it's Sid's last play what have you got for us this week, Sid? Just a reminder, just a reminder, it's currently 5-4 five, four five, to me. Four. Five, Can four. I take it into one more week, viewers? Can I do Let's it? See. I'm sure they'll view and find out when they're viewing this podcast. <laughs> All right. Um, Sorry. Right. Uh, <laughs> you know what I've been up to this week, didn't you? Uh, I dread to think. <laughs> oh, I, I, uh, I try not to, yeah. I've been been on my phone. Even right. worse, right, looking at the uh, looking at looking at the amazing looking at the amazing things that you can do on there. Right? Did you know? Right? There's this thing and you, you can right with your phone in your hand. Don't have to do nothing else. Right? Make music with it. So I've been playing on the old garage DJ, you know. Anyway, so <laughs> I ne- I nearly got a backing track ready, but we'll maybe next week I'll have it in time. But besides that, I've been obviously back in the pub and I've been, you know, shocked at the price of, uh, of pints, etc., etc. And so that got me thinking. That got me thinking. <laughs> what are you laughing? <laughs> it got me thinking, what's on sale these days down at the old club shop? <laughs> so so I've, cool. been scouring, I've been scouring the internet uh, and, and, and all the uh, championship club uh, shops online for... Uh, for <laughs> stop laughing i'm glad it's related to the championship for once. oh it is it is uh for any for anyway some end of season end of season deals right end of season bargains i might be able to get maybe even something for the award ceremony so anyway what i've done is i've uh collected a little list of items and basically i'm going to read out the item we're going to start with one item i'm going to read you another item and then you need to uh i'll have you write down whether you think that item is higher or lower. So you'll need a 
pencil and piece of paper or whatever, and you're just going to write H or L, okay? And you say whether it's higher or lower. And then I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to tell you immediately whether that one's higher or lower. So I'm just going to let that sit in your sit in your head. Fids, you might think the value of that item is 50 quid. Um, Jamie, you might think it's a fiver. And then that will affect the next item that I'll give you. And okay. I'm going to read out, I think I've got 16 items here. So the chances of you getting a draw are virtually nil, okay? So all I want... I wouldn't put it past us. No, <laughs> we'll find out. I want you to just be writing down H-L-L-H-H-L-L-H-H-H-L-L-L for higher or lower. You got it? Got it, okay. Okay, so we're going to start with the Cornish Pirates away shirt, which is currently in the sale. Uh, I'll tell you the price of that. Any guesses? Uh, let's say 30 quid. 30 quid's close. £35. Oh, okay. lovely. Okay, so from now on, I want complete silence out of you two, all right? And I just want you to be writing down order, higher, lower, higher, lower. But you can play along at home, listeners, with this one if you like. Okay, so Pirates Away shirt, £35. Saracen's, Saracen's Home shirt in the sale, higher or lower than £35. Quick game's a good game. Mm-hmm. Bedford Blues sliders. <laughs> so they're like flip-flops, but with Bedford Blues on them. Are they more expensive, higher, or less expensive, lower, than a Saracen's home shirt, which is in the sale? A Coventry family match day experience package. So is that worth more or less than a, bed- than a pair of Bedford Blues sliders? Uh, next up. A Jersey Reds lunch and match ticket for their upcoming game on the 29th of May. A main course followed, followed by cheese and biscuits and coffee. Oh, Is that worth more? Yeah, get in. Is that worth more or less than an at-home box from Coventry? I've actually seen that, so I know the price. Oh, he's thinking about it. He's thinking of getting down there, isn't he? Down to Jersey. It's <laughs> <laughs> where he's got his second lunch. home, mate. He's treating himself, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Raking in all the dollars from this pod. Um, Right. Amptil. Pre-COVID non-member adult ticket. Worth more or less than your uh, Jersey Reds lunch. Next up. A Richmond mug. Richmond commemorative mug. Next. A Saracens calculator. Yes. A Saracens calculator. (laughs) Puzzled looks. What? (laughs) A Saracens branded calculator. (laughs) Just in case you needed to add up the score. Yeah, yeah. And can't do it in your head. Yeah. Next up, one championship rugby stream. So where fans haven't been allowed in this season, you can get all your games streamed via the championship rugby website. I actually know that one as well. Well, that's good. You should know this one. This is why I've thrown a couple of these in. I know that one, yeah. Yeah, you should know that. So that should be a settler for you. Two pints of Guinness at the Trailfinders Sports Club. Uh, A Bedford Blues bubble hat. Higher or lower than two pints of Guinness at Ealing. Two places on a Cornish Pirates rugby camp. For the little ones, if you're down in the southwest, there you go. A one-way flight to Jersey. (laughs) (laughs) Is that worth more or less than two places on a rugby camp at Cornish Pirates? I I actually looked that up. Ah, yeah, look, yeah, of course he he wants to go, doesn't he? Absolute gnaws. Mate, he might be treating us by (laughs) the end of the season. I wanted to see how much our away day is going to cost. <laughs> well, this is this is today's price, um, and I think the earliest it would let me book was the first of July. Uh, so whatever that churned out, do you reckon that's more or less higher or lower than two places on a Cornish, Cornish Pirates rugby camp? Next up, a Harpery half-page program advert. Just for clarification, it just says program advertising brackets all games. It wasn't actually clear whether it meant you know, for one game, but it could be any of the games or whether it meant for all games in a season. So I'm just going to leave you with that. See what happens. Next, uh, sponsor a Doncaster player. Okay. And finally, a 2017 Lions jersey signed by Warren Gatland. Okay. So we uh, have agreed, we've made a gentleman's agreement that we're not going to be changing our answers. There'll be no underhanded techniques here. Um, so I'm going to tell you what the answers are now. You can mark your own papers. Okay, so a Pirates Away shirt in the sale, £35. Saracen's Home shirt, 
£25 in the sale. A pair of Bedford Blue uh, sliders, £27. Quite really? expensive. Yeah. What? Yeah, for a pair of really? flip-flops. Yeah. Okay. £27. Um, a Coventry Family Match Day Experience Pack. So that's four beers, four pies, uh, four pies and mash. Lower, £25. So uh, lower than I'll a pair. I'll tell you now, it's not been a good start. <laughs> okay. Um, a Jersey Reds lunch and match ticket, I'm looking at it on the website now, is £12. So that's lower as well. So that's lower. So you might have got lower anyway, but I just think that's mad that it's £12. Anyway, good value. I think we should get in on it. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. That's my first point. (laughs) Okay, good. Um, Right. uh, Amptil pre-COVID non-member adult ticket, £15. That's higher. Uh, A Richmond mug, £8. So lower. A Saracens calculator. Any guesses? £9. Six. Four pound. Is it? <laughs> Four pound. Um, so what's that? Lower? Yeah, lower. Why, why um, did I put higher? <laughs> I put higher. I put higher. Uh, a championship rugby stream, we should all know is... Is it ten? Ten pounds. Ten pounds. Two pints of Guinness at Trailfinder Sports Club, nine pounds. I initially put higher. Yeah, I put higher. Oh, then. it's lower, yeah. But then I put lower. Yeah, oh, so. lower. Nine pounds sixty. A Bedford Blues bubble hat, £18. Available in uh, blue and pink. Two places on a Pirates rugby camp, only £20, £10 each, but they're only half-day sessions. That's, that's higher then, though. That's all right. Yeah, so that's higher than the bubble hat. Um, a one-way flight to Jersey. I've got is, lower. What? Well, that's it. So a rugby camp, you might have thought, was a bit more expensive, but they're good. But, but you know, sometimes you can be paying, you know, wow. 50 quid a day for those. Um, Charles, you have absolutely shot yourself in the foot there. One that way flight is to Jersey, £36 I looked at today, so fair. Um, well, you can sometimes get a good deal though, can't you? Yeah, so. that's it, you can, you can. Um, so that's higher. Um, a Hartbury half-page programme advert, which was either for one game or the whole season, don't know, can't tell because of this ridiculous amount of money, £300. So that's higher than £36. That's, um, that's the whole season. It's got to be, isn't it? Surely. That's but really, you look at some really of their other packages. Up. You look at some of their other packages and it just seems, it seems, yeah, uh, inconsistent. Anyway, Doncaster sponsor a player will cost you £350. So that's, um, that's, that's higher. Yeah, yeah, wow. that's higher. A 2017 Lions jersey signed by Warren Gatland on a memorabilia store, which to be honest, I think this is pretty expensive. Um, there's Surely. a lot. There's a lot of stuff on there that I think is too expensive for the money. Anyway, it's actually lower. Uh, it's three hundred pound. Get <laughs> in. Fitz is shocked. I am, I am shocked. Jamie feels confident. All right, so mark yourself up. Don't give it away uh, just okay. yet. We'll find out. We'll find out. So see how many we got. Okay. Oh, I'm feeling good here. Okay. All right. So who who wants to go first? I think. Well, Jamie's uh, in the lead, so I think he should go first to build suspense. Okay. All right. Jamie, what have you got? I got 10 out of 15. 10? That's pretty good. That's no pretty way. Good. Fids? I, I think I've predicted by your reaction. Is it a big circular number? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is. Oh, <laughs> six. Six. Six out six. of 15. Oh. Yes. Okay. Yes. My, my well cheap charter oh. flights to Jersey have uh, thrown me. <laughs> Okay. It, st- it well, started off so badly. I thought I was going. For, I thought he was going to even the score up, but it's gone. I'm so pleased. I'm so. I've pleased. done a heartbreak. Started I'm, strong, I'm finished glad. terribly. And there oh, we go. Well, six, there we go. Four. So that that takes it to six four. So if, if unassailable. Yeah, you, you can't get the win, Fids. But you know, if we do do just episodes into the finals and stuff like that, hey, maybe there's a. Or can you get the win? No, no, let's just end it at the... Oh, well, whatever. Level. Yeah, regu- regular season. We've got a yeah. winner in the regular season. Because then we're going to do, for everyone, spoiler alert, we're going to do a nice awards ceremony. Yeah, yeah. So, well done, Jamie. You've done well there. Again, listeners, hopefully uh, you might have played along to that one. If anyone done uh, done any better, or in fact any worse, yeah, let us know. Well, congratulations, Jamie, on securing the... Inaugural title uh, in Sizzler's play. Thank you, Charles. Taking the 
taking the crown. Thank you, Fids, for being so gracious, which you weren't earlier on this season when I took a win. <laughs> uh, you know, it's nice to see that you've grown up a bit and matured as the, as oh. the season has gone on. <laughs> That's it. That's it for this week. We have finished yet another episode and I've definitely enjoyed it. I hope you guys at home have enjoyed it as well. And if you have, please go onto social media and follow us on Twitter or Instagram at changingroom underscore four. Comment, retweet, generally get involved in the conversation on there. Let us know what you thought. Please like, rate, subscribe the podcast on your preferred listening platform. Uh, on a fairly serious note, I think it's quite important to the championship to show its value to the supporters. So if we can get the conversation growing uh, online, then it's just only going to improve the league and the league's status with the administrators. So join us online, get involved, and let's keep talking champ rugby. Until next week then, for the final round of the regular season matches, please take care and we will see you then.